0: Welcome back to Campaign War Stories, where we talk to folks about the insanity that is campaign life. I'm Wesley McDonahue, and today I'm joined by Greenville City Councilman John DeWorkin. We talk about the importance of local government, losing one election and then winning another, and how winning requires a candidate to be authentic. So, John DeWorkin, what's up, brother?
1: Hey, well, thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is uh, very exciting to be on with you appreciate it Wesley.
0: Yeah man, well I'm excited to have you because you know we're talking to folks at all levels of government and we've been talking to folks running presidential campaigns and US Senate all these things and I really wanted to talk to someone who's serving in local government and get your perspective on politics and and service and campaign life.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it really does impact I think everyday life, right? I mean we read the front page of the papers it's red meat stuff. It's national stuff. It's gun rights and abortions, but, and, and all important issues, but you know, what, what type of issues are going to impact your lives as you walk out the front door? And that's where your local government comes in.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I wanted to dive into that because I think you're spot on. I'll talk about it all the time because I don't think it gets enough attention. Like, look, let's just take abortion for a minute. Like I, it's an important issue. And maybe one day it will impact my life. Maybe I'll have a daughter and maybe something will happen to her. But that's not something that's impacting me every single day of my life. And when it does impact me, it'll be big. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it's not an important issue. But what I'm saying is it takes me sometimes either 30 minutes to get to work or an hour and a half to get to work. You know. Yeah, Yeah, and I've
1: seen your posts of getting from Somerville to Charleston, right? It's like… It should be a 22-minute drive, and it's ended up taking you a long, long time, right? That's
0: right. It's it's the traffic that's impacting me, whether I can spend an extra hour to three hours with my children every day. Yep. Speaking of my children, it's the school system that's impacting my life every day. It's, it's the clean life. water. It's whether it's- my trash is being picked up. Like Those are the things that impact my life every day, but voters aren't paying attention to those things because the the cable news, social media is making- President's arrest, Russia and Ukraine, abortion, right. making those things sexy, but that's not what's
1: impacting people. No, it's really not. I mean, and I know people kind of like to joke around the, the trash pickup, but it really is about, you know, when you walk out your front door, what are the things that impact you? It's really all about quality of life. It's like, do I have a park nearby that I can take my kids? And if I do, is it clean? Are there creepy people hanging around there? Or is it a place that i have no problem going to. It's being able to walk down Main Street. You know, for instance here in Greenville, I think we've got a pretty world-class downtown, but it's nothing unless you have public safety. Do I feel safe? Do I feel safe to walk on some of the side streets off of Main Street? do I have to look over my shoulder and if the answer is yes we're not doing our job if the answer is no then we're on it and so it's all those little issues you know are the are the, are the cars speeding by can I have my kids playing in the front yard in 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 a in a uh, neighborhood without worrying about a car plowing over my kid mm-hmm. you know it's all those little things that that we as local elected officials can can really impact
0: well, absolutely, man. And I also think that, you know, as a conservative, and you're pretty conservative, I think that most conservatives, you know, are complaining about taxes and spending I don't think most conservatives mind spending money on those things that make sure that when their house catches fire, the fireman shows up, that the police officers are are keeping the streets safe. I think when you start talking about, well, are we going to pour billions of dollars into the Ukraine or these foreign countries, that's when conservatives should be getting in an uproar. But this is where we should be spending our money, especially when you see what's happening like in San Francisco or Portland right
1: now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about the homeless issue. First of all, we'll get back to the homeless issue. But real quickly, you know, we just passed a $36 million bond. You compare that to the state or federal government, it's pennies, right? But in the city of Greenville, that's a really, really big deal. $36 million bond. That's going to all go toward parks and infrastructure, quality of life issues. You know, you talk about bonding at a state level. It's like a third rail almost. Oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. we're going to borrow money. It's unbelievable. In the city, We got nothing but praise for it. I mean, even from the conservatives, oh my gosh, what a great move. Thanks so much. I I think that's dead on. I,
0: I, I don't think conservatives' mind spinning, you know, it's whenever they start adding up. Oh, local government's adding this much, state's adding this much, federal's adding this much. But I don't think conservatives' mind you know, having clean streets and criminals off the streets and nice parks
1: to take their kids to, I think you're, you're dead on, uh, you know? Make sure, yeah. I mean, are the, is there, are there weeds growing in your sidewalks? Is there, you know, I go back to the parks. I mean, or do we have trees? Do we have slow cars? All these things, is it safe? All these things are, are important. And you brought up a really hot topic issue for a lot of cities. And that is the, the, the homelessness issue uh-huh. that has really accelerated i think since covid and really has nationwide so of course we all use san francisco as a poster child but here in greenville you only have to look 55 miles north and see what's going on in Asheville, north carolina just on top of the mountain there and yep. and recognize that that plays a huge part in the quality of life if you got a world-class downtown where people want to come and shop and eat um and be entertained like we do in greenville but if you you get overrun um not to be um, not Um, caring, but if you get overrun with encampments, well, I mean, you just destroy what you're trying to offer. So, you know, it's a big issue in Greenville. We're trying to look at it twofold. And that is number one, how do we make sure that we have the resources available for the homelessness? Right. But also how do we, um, how do we make sure that we don't have encampments and not to be insensitive, but, you know, we don't want to walk downtown and suddenly you got right. homeless people all over the sidewalks and not, you know, not to not to be insensitive about it, but you don't. So how do you how do you make sure that you have both things that are available that goes into the whole quality of life issues here in Greenville? Yeah, and, no, and in local, I, I local government. don't mean, if you're in Somerville, don't if you're in Charleston or Columbia, you know, you want to feel safe. You want to have great parks. You right. want to have great infrastructure, all those things that add to quality, quality of, our, of our lives.
0: Well, I, I pick on San Francisco because I had an apartment there for five years, and I just – I'm in love with that city. I have a special bond to that city, and I hate to see what's happened to it. Elizabeth and I were – and the family were in Denver this past weekend. They've got their encampments. And not, this isn't something you guys can solve, but you know what frustrates me is I wish America would take care of their own, going back to your point about being uh, – you know, having sympathy for these people, I, we should be able to help them, and maybe we should be able to help them if we didn't just send billions and billions of dollars to other countries trying to take care of them. And again, I'm not saying we shouldn't help people overseas, but hey, we got to take care of our own people first, man.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and I don't know if you know this story about me, but you know, I I was raised by you know barely middle class people. It's great educators, but my father was homeless for two years, lived in a lived in a tent, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, um, and so. I wow. grew up with a dad that really installed that the importance of making sure that we take care of our own. So I don't come at Should. this in an in, in, insensitive angle. I'll tell you a funny story about dad. My dad is kind of a he's an educator, um, awesome guy, but kind of had a grumpy you know, kind of <laughs> one of those grumpy people kind of. And I remember as a teenager, just being a panty-ass teenager, walking into the kitchen. I was like, hey, dad, what's for dinner? And he looked at me as if he could spit nails and he said, food. And mm-hmm. I went on my way thinking, God, he's grumpy. But what I didn't realize, and I realized now as an adult, you should be lucky that you, you know, you little teenager, you should be lucky that you have food on your plate. And I get it later on in my life. So now, how do I translate that into being a public servant here in Greenville?
0: That's good, man. Uh, you know, I'm sure as a father, uh, you feel this sentiment also, but I, I talk to my wife about it all the time. Cause I grew up a welfare kid and you know, on section eight, you know, section eight housing, Medicaid, Medicare kid, or uh, food stamps. And, yep. um, and I just tell her all the time, like, how do we not raise privileged little punks?
1: Brats, <laughs> like Sunny, brats. But, you know, Sonny, Sonny's always like, you know, how, how do we, you know, cause we have plenty, right. We're doing really well. i very blessed that we are, but, um, you know how do we not raise brats? Just she always says, just because we can doesn't mean we should. And I oh, that's exactly right. Yep. Well, let yep. me ask.
0: So you know, speaking of family, so you you married, kids, you're lobby, you and your wife lobby in Columbia, you're serving. How do you balance all the different things that you're doing?
1: Well, first of all, how unique, right? I mean, people are like, That's strange. You're an elected official and a lobbyist. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting that really became a sticking point in my first campaign, where I was a little sheepish about it, you know, being a lobbyist at the state level, running for a local elected official, uh, elected office. And, um, you know, they really went after me about that. And so the second, and I lost that election by a few points, the second election, I won, and, and I really embraced that, like, I I embraced the fact that, you know, petitioning your government is a uh, you know, a U.S. constitutional First Amendment right yeah. and embracing that and saying to our electorate, hey, listen, you know, I'm my wife and I are so good um, at what we do that people actually pay us to advocate for them. And now I'm going to come home, neighborhoods and voters, and I'm going to advocate for you. Um, but to go, go back to it, you know, you know, Sonny, like Sonny is just, she's a division one athlete, state champion, tennis player. She's like, hyper crazy competitive.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, so I married that I'm competitive, but like nothing compared to her. So we make a great team. Um, yeah, we're, we represent businesses and, business associations, um, at the state house. And really, if it's all about creating jobs, creating investment, creating opportunity for people, um, we're on, we're on board with that. And that's, that's what we advocate for. So that's a lot of fun I've been doing it for over 20 years now.
0: And you're one of the best at it, which is why we love working with you guys so much. And then back in Greenville, it, it's just known when you have a client, you just pick them up and say, Hey, like I'm a councilman, like I cannot help you here. I serve here. It's a conflict of interest, and then you just kind of report who you work for.
1: As a matter of fact, we go so far as we we regular, not regular. It's not like we have droves of Greenville people coming at us, but oh. you know, a couple of times a year, two or three times a year, we'll have a Greenville entity that will say, "Hey, John, can you and Sonny, can we, you know, hire you to do something?" and and I'll say, "No, I, I really appreciate it. I'm flattered. Let me let me connect you with some folks." That I know will do a good job for you because I I want to keep that separate. So our clients, yeah. look at our client list, they're international clients, or are national clients. And if they happen to be in the state, they are not in Greenville. And we awesome. really keep that separate. Yeah.
0: No, that's good stuff, man. Um, I always just find that transparency is the way to operate, even and that I'm not I'm not an elected official, but I'm always very transparent with the people that pay me because you know i have opinions too and whenever i put my opinion out on facebook or twitter people are like oh that's just because you're working for so and so i'm like no actually I, there's no man in the world i agree with 100% i actually disagree with senator so and so on this one this is my belief but yeah he does pay me
1: yeah that's right and and so it's it's an easy balance i mean because you know i any client that we take on we believe in it and so i can if someone brings it up uh here in greenville as maybe a criticism i i regularly have no problem defending who we represent, and and proud proud to do so. It's awesome,
0: man. So let's dive into your campaigns a little bit. You you alluded on it a, a little bit. So uh, we were actually involved in both of your campaigns. Well, I, I was going
1: to say I had I had the best of the best uh, helping <laughs> me uh, with push advocacy and push digital. Appreciate that very much. Yeah, we of course, um, man. We ran our 2017. I ran against. Um, a uh, a guy who is, you know, self-proclaimed eighth generation Greenvillian. Um, I think grandfather owned the Greenville News back when newspapers were worth worth something, sold it for a gazillion dollars. Um, and so was really he was really ingrained in the Greenville community. And so um, when I ran against him, um, ran against really his family and then kind of old Greenville, I, I would say, and actually, did uh, I? I mean, I I thought I was going to win and wanted to lo- win. Um, and a side note was really interesting because, you know, his family on the Greenville News, but the Greenville News endorsed me over him, <laughs> which is like you know blasphemy. Oh my gosh! Um, but I lost by like six or seven points, and like the community's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you only lost by six or seven. And I was saying, I I thought I was going to win this thing, but um, but it was interesting. It was a. Uh, interesting, I guess. Intro into me being the elected official, and understanding that though he um, he's a super guy, super nice guy, but and and I actually serve with him now in city council. But his campaign and the people supporting him, holy cow! I mean, woo, you know, they come after you, and um, poor Sonny. Like, there's no harder job on a campaign than a spouse. Like the spouse just you know, you, you marry this person and the sunny one, just go kick everybody's ass. Like, <laughs> and you just can't, you can't, you just can't. Right. So um, they used the fact that I was a lobbyist against me. They wrote, you know, articles and uh, uh, letters of the editor that I lived in Columbia six months out of the year. My clients were financing my whole campaign that, you know, Columbia politics are going to come into Greenville. I mean, they just you know, they just smeared me as <laughs> as much as you can. In fact, the Greenville News called me and said, I see you a lot, have a lot of donors from outside of Greenville. And I said, yeah, I look at that like a positive. Like, isn't that great? Like, I got network, you know, beyond the borders of Greenville City. And they said, well, that's a, uh, you know, that's your your opponent's campaign is saying that's, you know, outside influence. And I remember the day, that um the reporter actually I finally said or Sonny finally said, fine, let's go through every single donor. We're gonna tell you who who these people are. So I we went through all these donors that were outside of Greenville, were like, Yep, she was in the wedding. Oh, yep, I went to college with him. Yep, I work with him. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. Nice. And and the, the the quote that I have that I'm most proud of, because Wesley, I'm not real I'm not the quickest wit, right? It takes me <laughs> 10 minutes. I'll be like, I should have said that. But um, I finally, at the end of the inter- interview with the Greenville News, I said, look, I don't have the luxury of not working. Nice. And that was the head- that was the headline quote. And so it really, I think differentiated myself as someone who, you know, I got to work for a living. So does every other human being just about. Yeah. You know.
0: Let me pause here for a second, because I- I'll tell you a quick story. I was running a mayor's race in Somerville and I wasn't the candidate. I was just the consultant. And um, this guy. Who went to church with me at St. Paul's uh, in, in Somerville? Put up, created this meme, and a black and white picture of me, and it said "Greasy Wesley Donahue," and it had this post about how I was this nasty political consultant who was just evil and have a black heart, and I'm just known. The first,
1: you went to church with?
0: Yeah, it's and and I and I look, uh, yeah, and I he puts it up, and the week after he puts it up, I go to church on Sunday, and he's sitting behind me in the pew. And it's at that point that I realized that like local politics isn't worth it. But to go back to to you, I wasn't even the candidate. I was just the consultant. When you're running for a, a town city council, the people are attacking you. Are, it's not like you're running for statewide and there's someone on the other side of the state. These are people, you know, these are people you see at church, you see in the grocery store, you walk down the street, you know, yep. these people, Like, how, how is that to deal with?
1: So, um, I and I thoroughly enjoy killing people with kindness. So when I got elected, I made sure that not only was I like, kind to them, but I went to the nth degree to help them with issues that they needed help with. And it really, I you you, you may like people just can't help but feel like, golly, I was a I was a jerk oh, to them. I that was company. an asshole. <laughs> but, you didn't deserve that. Right. Right. And so that's kind of my way of doing things. You know, I just life's too short to hold a grudge. I like to sleep well at night. And, you know, it's one one thing to go after Sonny or one of my kids. But, you know, in politics, going after me, even if even if you were disingenuous or you lied, um, you know, I won and I'm here and I now get to make a huge a positive impact on the people who live in Greenville. And that is a that's a wonderful thing builds me up
0: people and I, again i think it's because of the internet and cable news but people treat politicians as if they're subhuman or they're they're robots or aliens i don't know what they are but they're not human beings yeah non-human, and people forget right. that you you know you're just a human being with emotions and feelings too and and i think politicians get a bad rap but the majority of politicians are local politicians and most of those guys are just trying to do the right things for their communities you might disagree with them but typically you know, like, look I get it they're, they're U.S senators congressmen people running for president that are you know that are shady and doing the wrong thing but the majority of your local guys are just trying to do the right thing for the community yeah.
1: that's right that's right and, and as a matter of fact we're we're a partisan um uh, uh body the greenville City Council is and what's interesting is partisanship plays really no part of our conversations. And there's the old saying, you know, potholes don't don't, you know, don't have a party or whatever it is. Um, but I think there's a lot of truth to that, that we're all, at least in Greenville, on really on the same page of of the issues that are important to us. And and um I think Knox White, who's our mayor, who's actually up for election, um Knox White, who's our mayor, has done a really good job of setting the tone. So you'll never see Greenville City Council shove something down the minority's throat. That is, if you got four votes versus three, you're not going to see the four shove it down the the throats of the three. We work really hard to try to come to consensus. You might end up with five, two or six, one, uh, but very rarely do you have a split vote because we work really hard. And I I think that's a good lesson for any other governmental body that just because you have the we talked about it at the beginning, right? Just because yeah. you can doesn't mean you should. And yeah. so if you if you can build that consensus, then then you're better working together on other issues.
0: Well, maybe that's why Greenville has become what it's become because it's not the same city that I remember 20 years ago. It's become this beautiful place. that's listed on all these different national lists of places you got to visit or hidden gems in the South and places, your best places to move your family. And it's, it's quite remarkable what's happened to the city. Um, Okay. So let's go back. So the first campaign you lose by six or seven points, any, anything, sticking points of why you think you lost or what you would have done different in that first race before we get to the second one?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you learn, you got to own it, right? So yeah, you do a lot of things, little things wrong, but you know, it really doesn't, is it going to make the difference in the outcome? I don't know, but but you do learn a lot. And I think one of the things that I learned is you got to own it, own who you are, own it for good or bad. and And for me, it was really uh, being a lobbyist. And I remember Sonny at the first campaign, she's like, you just own it. And I was like, I know, yeah. just not, you know. Uh, but the second campaign owned it. I'm like, man, people pay Sonny me to advocate for you. Now I'm going to advocate for you, you know, constituent. And I'm pretty good at it. So so I think that that was a big difference. It, it When you do that, I think people tend to do this. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Well, I'm on board with that. So, so do you think owning.
0: And, so were you um I again on the second one you were you owned it, and that'll actually be the the lesson from this episode and the title of Owning Who You Are. I think that's a good one. On the gotcha. first campaign, were you just really defensive about who you were?
1: Yeah uh yeah, or or evasive at times too, right? So um I just didn't know how it was gonna play out you know, lessons learned, hindsight 2020, 20. I didn't know how it's going to play out. And to Sonny's point, you know, and others, I should have just, you know, owned it and said, yeah. And not only that, yeah, I got a network in Columbia. Yeah. I got a network in Charleston, and yeah. which actually proved to be very helpful um, during COVID being able to have, you know, have direct contact with the governor's office and, and others like that where other people didn't in Greenville. So, uh, or with the DOT, you know, that's such Go a ahead. great
0: lesson for For our listeners, because I, again, I don't want to dwell on what you did wrong, but so many folks are just trying to be defensive about who they are, and you know, sometimes you're right,
1: or defining themselves on who they think the electorate wants them to be. That's the worst mistake you can do. Like, don't define yourself by what you think uh, on on the votes you think you're going to get by defining yourself a little bit differently. Just be yourself and own it. I think people will, even people who may not agree totally with that i think that they if they see you as as a genuine authentic person who's going to do a good job i think that they will get beyond that as well and say yeah i'm voting for that guy you know yeah he admits it he owns it but i'm in it i'm in it i love it i love it so right the second time let's just
0: dive into this real fast we only have like five ten more minutes i don't want to keep it too long but on that second race you didn't it wasn't the same district right then you ran district wide is that right so the first one had those backwards
1: the, yeah, you had backers. Okay. So the first okay. race was at Lars, and then I did really well in the northern part of Greenville City on that first race. And then Amy Ryberg-Doyle, who is That's you know, right. Greg, Ryberg's Greg, daughter, Ryberg. Senator Greg Ryberg's daughter, Greg Ryberg's daughter, decided to retire after 12 years. She and I have been friends forever, and uh, she retired, and I knew, shoot, I, I did well at the first election up here. So I ran and won by d- double digits. That's awesome, man.
0: So, how long you been serving now?
1: Uh, just four years. This year would be uh, an election year, but no one decided to run against me, so I got a freebie. So, I'll I'll take nice, that. As, yeah, I'll take that as I think I'm doing a good job. Um, but I've got a. I will say this: uh, we've got a great mayor. Uh, I think maybe the best in South Carolina, but certainly the best Greenville's ever seen. We got a great staff. Uh, here in Greenville. And man, I've got a great wife. And you know, Sonny. Oh, she, God, she's she, amazing. I couldn't do anything, any of this without her, for sure. Nice, brother. Well, look, man,
0: I appreciate your time. I appreciate your story. I think a lot of folks are going to learn a lot from it. So awesome. Thanks, this is a lot of
1: fun. Thanks. Thanks, Wesley, very much. Really appreciate being on.
0: Hi, right, brother.